and they'd pay at the door. Shut up. You charged your family to Mm -hmm. come and see you at the Royal Indian Mm -hmm. Club. First of all, we got to get the Royal Indian Club back up and running. (laughs) I would be there in a heartbeat. Oh, man. Wait till you see the videos. Oh, they're so bad. Welcome to another episode of Wonder Lab Podcast. I can't tell you how excited I am to be sitting across from the person that I'm sitting across from. The next few minutes are going to be fun. Uh, we're sitting here with Kirk Cozier, one of my friends, one of the most creative human beings I know. He's a DJ. He's a producer, he's a writer, he's a content creator, he's a renaissance man. Can I say renaissance I, man? I think you can. I mean, I, that's a little bit high, but I think, yeah, maybe I, I guess. We, look, yeah, we, let's just call what it is, a <laughs> renaissance man. But honestly, I've, I've said this about Kirk to his face and to everybody I know. He's one of the most creative human beings you. that I know. One of the most talented, one of the most passionate, one of the most dedicated to his craft. And when we started this podcast... Like literally, you were on my mind as somebody that we had to interview first yeah. to talk with, Sweet. and uh, I'm just really excited, uh, guys. Like, sit back. We're going to talk creativity. That's one of our values at Wonder Lab. We talk about uh, we're gathering for those in pursuit of the mystery and wonder of God and His kingdom. That's what we do, and one of the ways we do that is through creativity. And yep. Kirk is a creative monster in the best sort of way, and he loves Jesus. 100%. And he loves his kingdom. And so we're going to talk and have a great time. But So, Kirk, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for thinking of me for this. You How know? could I not? How could we not? I mean, that's just the way it works. But well, uh, I'll just say, too, like, I absolutely love being here. I love you. Thank you. Um, and this, this podcast makes me so happy because... I've heard about it for a while, and it's now it's a thing. So I'm like super stoked on that. That it's makes a, me happy. It's official. Yeah. It's official. Wonderlab podcast is up and alive. Hey, really quickly before we kind of start getting into the creativity stuff, tell us a little a little origin story about you. Like where you're you're a Connecticut kid. Yep, I am uh, the first or the second of four boys, uh, Indian family, first generation, born here in the U.S. My grandparent or my 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 grandmother on my dad's side came over here brought whole nation of people basically <laughs> over here she had 11 didn't kids didn't travel light didn't nope. travel light <laughs> so she brought like all the kids over here and so I'm all my cousins and I were all like first generation born mm-hmm. here um and yeah I'm just like you know just an inner city boy <laughs> that just loves to create loves Jesus and that kind of thing so and I was like born not too far from here and yeah that's awesome uh so you are uh, a music lover. That's yeah. One of the things, and we'll talk about that, is you, you have multiple genres in which you like to create in. So you're not just yeah. like like a one note, one genre type of creator. Right. What, what like explain like do you remember that first time like you heard music and you're like, wow, what what is this? Like it spoke to yeah. you differently. I'm sure it had to. Like what was that first thing? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I, I think about this and it's. It has, there was, there's no like one time where I thought about music, but, but music was always something that was playing in the house. So you grew up in a family of like musicians or? Not even. Really? We, they, they just loved listening to music. So I was always hearing like Indian classical music. Then I'll hear like 80s music because my dad is super into 80s music. <laughs> um, you know, and then I'll be listening to like, uh, you know, uh, Buju Bantan because my mom, for whatever reason, we're not Trinidadian or anything, but yeah. she was super into reggae. So like 
all these kind of influences. So I've, I was always listening to music in the house. Um, and the only musical person, when I think about it, in my family is my grandfather on my mom's side. And he's just known to be a good singer. He sings like classical really? Indian. Yeah. Uh, but he just doesn't he just doesn't flaunt it or at, at all. But like when we go to family parties, everyone, all my uncles would be like, sing, sing, sing. And he would sing. And it's just like, okay, I didn't know that was in there. So um, I think the time that I that I actually fell in love with music was probably, uh, this is so funny, nobody's going to see this until maybe if there's a documentary made about my life. Uh, but my cousins and I, when we were like in eighth grade or something like that, or yeah, it was like eighth grade, we all decided to form a band. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. Please. Yeah. Was it a punk band? Please tell me. No, it, was it wasn't. No, well, well, the name was a very punk name. It was called Sweet Acid. Imagine a bunch of twelve-year-olds just like, "What the heck is going on?" I can I can just imagine you guys coming up with that name at twelve years old, and thinking that this is the greatest band name. Yeah, and it's ever been. We're gonna be so big. Uh, the funny thing is, too, like that video, we just look so dumb. But um, what kind of music did you play? Well, we didn't. So here's the thing: we had a we had this thing that we did every year because like we have a lot of cousins, like a big Indian family, right? So. Our family always wanted to like do things in the summer with each other and keep all the cousins around. Yeah. So they needed to figure out a way to pay for it because nobody in my family is loaded. So there, there was like, we got to figure out a way to pay for this. So they would, uh, we started this club called the Royal Indian Club and all of us would run it and we would, <laughs> and we would do, we would do, <laughs> we would do uh, talent shows every, every year. And at the talent shows, we'd invite, uh, because we had a big family, we'd invite the family and their friends. But um, so we would do like plays. Sometimes we'd do like, you know, just like little skits and stuff like that. But then this last year was the band. And um, this is this is that time where I it's like if I look back on the whole like my whole journey as a musician or whatever, this is a pivotal time because my cousin, my older cousin, who is an insane guitar player, um, he he uh, sold a guitar pedal for me to get a bass guitar. He like traded it in, and I had the choice between a Gibson SG style bass that wasn't working, or this Ibanez one. And I'm like, the Gibson one looks dope, but it's not lefty, and the Ibanez is lefty, so I got the Ibanez. I still have that one. Um, but that like once I got that, we learned "Knocking on Heaven's Door" by Guns N' Roses. We played one show, Come one on. song. That was it, and. Um, we never went on, you know, we didn't go on tour after that or anything like that. Didn't take the Royal Indian no, Club no, on tour. No, yeah. we couldn't, no. Sweet ass. It, <laughs> it was just, you know, you, it did was your too fair, sweet. you did your opening and farewell <laughs> yeah, tour all time. at the same time. That's yeah. great. I love it. I love it. It was a big, it was big though for 12-year-olds. It was like 300 people or something. That's there. wild. It was crazy, man. It was crazy. But um, that kind of gave you the bug. That like kind of solidified the bug yeah. for music. Now, like what drew you to music? I always love talking to musicians yeah. because, you know, and writers because, you know, for me, what drew me to music was lyrics. I love mm. lyrics. Like I wanted to, I, like great melodies, obviously super yeah. important beats, sounds, you know, all that stuff. Great, super important musicianship. I love it. But what drew me was lyrics. I loved yeah. storytelling. Do you have something in music that like, early on that just drew you to it? Yeah. Um, when I was in third grade, uh, my dad told me that he tells me this story every time, but when I was in third grade, my teacher asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said, famous. <laughs> that was it. That When I was in third grade, like, I don't know what that meant. But um, but I think what actually drew me to to music was the actual bass stuff. Because if you think about it, like a lot of the music that I was listening to growing up, 
aside from the Indian traditional stuff, mm-hmm. it was there's a lot of like good bass lines in, yeah. in that, you know, especially mm-hmm. the reggae stuff. And I really was like leaning into the reggae stuff for whatever reason. Um, so like the one thing that was actually really interesting to me was the rhythm section. And I didn't know that's what it was, but that rhythm section was really interesting to me. And I think me learning bass too kind of like pointed my attention to that yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. So I was like, I was just diving into like bass stuff after that. Yeah. That's wild. That's so that's cool. I, it's weird, right? That's like, well, I mean, it's, it's, but that's the thing about it is like, you know, when you talk about creativity and, and you, you talk to whether they're, you know, they write books, mm-hmm. or, you know, you, most people that write books tend to be lovers of books. Right. And they, they love, you know, and, but with music in general, you, know, you got your beat people, you got your musician mm-hmm. people, you got your melody people, yep. you've got, you know, it's like I've got, I've got friends that like they don't listen to a word that's ever sung. They, right. care they just they, love they, the they yeah. love the musicianship and they love the 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 melodies. Right. I'm somebody who's like, if you don't hook me with that first line, yeah, I might like your I might like the melody and I might like the musicianship. But but, but lyrically, if it doesn't like grab my like, if it's not a story that I connect with or if I go, oh, it's just kind of like a lame rhymey lyric, mm. like it, it like I kind of fade away on that song. So everybody's got that thing. And then like then what you do is you spend the rest of your life trying to connect <laughs> melody, yeah. musicianship, beats, All the other lyrics, things, yeah. you know, and, you know, write with people that maybe have the love that, that is different. But, um, yeah. you know, and so for you, you know, obviously at, at, you know, at 12, you guys go from, you know, you go from loving music to like being like, all right, cool, we're going to do, you know, you know, guns and roses. And this, this is going to be... <laughs> But, you know, I, you know, that was like a foray into that idea of actually mm-hmm. creating music. But there what was the transition for you from loving music? Yeah. And maybe at 12, you're like, ah, oh, cool. This is great. You know, I'm going to do it. And then the band yeah. breaks up, you know, the Royal Indy Club, is, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. it turns out you can't keep charging the family, you know, to see Guns N' Roses. Yeah. You know, so when what at what age did you go? You know what? I not only love music, not only do I want to like possibly create music but i'm going to start to create music yeah so every time i think about that too there there's one pivotal thing that happened um so i had the i caught the bug with the bass guitar and all of that stuff and i um you know i'd always been like a curious kid like just curious about like everything you know um and once I once I picked up the bass, like I'm looking up guys like Victor Wooten, Flea. Oh, so you just, like, I was you went, like, I was in. Like I'm like researching the guys. I would I would listen to tons of Led Zeppelin, Iron Maiden. Like I'd go back. I was super into Pearl Jam when I was younger. Super into Pearl Jam, grunge rock stuff. Super into that. Um, and and I would go through and I would just honestly just I was curious. So I'm just like, I want to hear this. I want to hear what this sounds like. Um, and and there was a point. I think it was probably right before high school. Right before high school, my dad got us an iMac, like the old iMac with GarageBand on there, the big thick one, like yep, that yep, one. Yep. And I was just like, you know, I went on there and I opened it up and I saw GarageBand. I'm like, oh, look, a guitar, like a little amp. And then I realized there's loops and there's sounds in here and you could just put them together and you don't need a band to do this. That blew my mind. Is out of curiosity, is you know, is that where your love of EDM and like that dance? Not even. No. Nope. Oh, we'll nope. get there then. then we'll oh, get there. we're gonna get we'll, there. We'll get yeah. There. It. This whole thing of like the dance music scene was much later, but uh, that that actually sparked my love for hip hop. That was when I was like, because that was like that's the easiest thing to make, and during that time, being a curious kid, like 
I'm always like looking for things and trying to learn and trying to listen. Yeah. YouTube wasn't like huge or anything, but there was stuff people like. What did we do before YouTube? I don't even know, man. I don't know. Books? The uh, the Britannica? Don't, don't what is that? Like the Encyclopedia? Yeah, yeah, like that. That. No, we didn't do books. No, no. Yeah, you just learned from the, the guy down the street at the guitar shop. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely like, like I would, I would just go and look at like in the studio with like Jay-Z or somebody. And so I was exposed to like mainly hip hop stuff because there was no, like in the U.S. dance music really wasn't a thing back then. Uh, maybe in Chicago, like maybe in underground stuff, but uh, not really a thing uh, and not really a thing that was easy, easily accessible on the Internet yeah. as it is now. So like I was just like into hip hop at that point. I'm going to be a hip hop producer. I'm going to be the best in the game. And so I'm like studying all these guys and I was creating a ton of hip hop music. So, I mean, and also too, my, my kind of leaning towards like the bass and the drums and the yeah, rhythm section, it's it just kind of an easy thing to do. Uh, you know, and I made so many bad songs, <laughs> so many bad hip hop beats on GarageBand. It's just like hilarious. You mean Jay-Z wasn't using GarageBand? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just like, like, it's so funny. And I was just, it honestly just blew my mind. Like I, that computer was supposed to be for me and my brothers. It was my computer. It was nobody else's you computer. Just took it. Yeah, you it was just mine. Took it. Yeah, there's no way no one else would be on that computer at all. So you just became obsessed with it. I was and curious, and I was just like, and I would make stuff, and I'm like, oh well, this sounds like trash, but, but I did this good. Yeah. Now let me do this better, and then I would go and look. It was just this cycle of, of like making something and then going back to figure out how to make the next one better. You said something that's really interesting. And I think that if anybody's, uh, you know, that's listening is creative is in that beginning process. You know, the thing about it is when you start out in creativity, you're always going to make trash. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, but if you never lose your curiosity, right. Then you can find the gold. You yeah. can find the gold in the yeah. garbage, Yeah. you know, and be like, ah, you know what? I got a little better at this. Yeah. And then you take that. And you just go and you use whatever you just learned in that moment mm -hmm. to make something better. And yeah. I think that creativity is one of those, or curiosity is one of the, the things that is actually the best inspiration for, yeah. for creating. It's just curious about sound, curious about beats and loops and stuff like that. So for you, you know, you're making trash beats, but, you're, <laughs> but your curiosity is like... Yeah, all-time high. Like all-time so, high. Yeah. So what do you, where do you go from there? So, like, I continue to make stuff and, like, you know, if I wasn't outside playing basketball or doing whatever young teenagers do outside, because in that time I was, like, outside all the time or I was inside on the computer making music. Hmm. It was one or the other. Were you giving them to friends? Like, were you, like, like burning, <laughs> you know, MP3s yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah, by like the time sending to your friends, like, hey, can you rap over this? By the time it was sophomore year. I, and I was, like, when we were, we had the house where everybody would come over to play basketball. Yeah. Cause we had like a hoop. It wasn't a, like not even that nice of a driveway, but we would just have people come. Yeah. Um, and there'd be so many people. Sometimes there was one time we were playing and it was like 30 people there wow. and we were running like games like on a, on a one, one hoop, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but there were people that we would invite and there would invite their friends and that kind of thing. And this is how I met a couple of folks who, who also were into music, like in just in Bridgeport in yeah. the area. And um, so I'm like, okay, I got artists now. Like, yeah. I, I, let me just show them my music, see what they want to do. And um, there was this one guy who was just a very toxic individual, but he, <laughs> he was he was a good rapper. Yeah, he was it's, like it's a, called he, being an artist. Yeah, he it's was called being a good artist. Yeah, though. yeah. He was a good rapper. He was really good. And um, 
you know, we we kind of like worked on stuff together. And this this was so early stages. So I had like beats done. And they were okay. Uh, but I didn't even have a microphone. You know how they had the microphone on the top of the Mac? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I had him recording that I have to tell everybody, be quiet, and then hit oh, record. that's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's so and he good. would rap into the top of the iMac. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, like so, so I was starting to do that in high school because, because this whole time, like I knew my stuff didn't sound like the guys that I looked up to, mm-hmm. but... I had a little bit of like delusions of grandeur. I yeah. thought I was good. You need a little of that. A little bit of that. Um, First of all, you need a bit of that. You <laughs> actually need yeah. a little bit more than a lot. To, yeah. to go, to keep going yeah. after you're making trash. But, um, but yeah, like I always, like I knew my stuff wasn't there yet, but I did think it was good, yeah. you know, by my standards, by my skill level. You were proud of what you were creating, exactly. even though you knew it wasn't where yeah. you were going to end up. Yeah. So how do you go from hip hop? Where where did the love of of EDM and dance music and and the DJ like where where did that all? Yeah, that like, that happened. Um, so like I kind of decided like probably like senior year and um, this is actually the first time I ever heard about EDM in senior year. Uh, one of my buddies was like, "Yo, if you're if you're gonna do music, you got to make EDM. You got to make dance music." Um, actually, it was after after high school because he went to college. He went away, and I didn't that year and um i'm like what is this edm like no i'm a hip-hop producer man get out of here um and that was just the first time i heard about it and then i went away to college and i went to orlando and then there was this show so i went um i didn't know anybody there so one of my buddies was like yo you want to just come to the show i'm like yeah sure it was free so i i was gonna go so i so i went and it was at this venue called the roxy in orlando and um i saw where does every city have a roxy i don't know LA's got a Roxy. New I, York's got, I wonder got a Roxy. if it's the same logo. I don't know. I wonder. It's got to be. Unless it's got to be. There's a lot well, of them, we'll right? We'll have to look that up so yeah. far. So, so I went to the Roxy and I saw uh, I saw this guy named Henry Fong. I didn't know who he was before. Um, and he wasn't anybody. He was just coming up to at this time. Now he's kind of big. But we went to go see Sander Van Dorn, who is like this super big like trance guy. And like we're in Florida. So like Florida is a place where like in March, everyone in EDM goes to Miami. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's just what happens. So I'm like down here, I hear this music playing and I'm just like, I'm blown away. It's like, it's almost the same moment. Like when I figured out that you make music on a computer, yeah. I'm blown away that this guy's just up there. I don't know what he's doing up there, but all these people are eating it up. And, and the music was like, I never heard music like that before. So up until that point, it was just reggae, 80s music, Indian music, hip hop. Yeah. And grunge and like metal and stuff like that. But I never heard dance music before. So I was like blown away. Go back to my dorm or motel apartment. Um, and, and I'm like, I got to figure out what this is. So I look this guy up um, and I'm like, just just the same thing, that same curiosity. Yeah. Just trying to get deeper into that and understand what's going on there. And, um, and I find it out. And then I'm like, okay, well, I know the basics of hip hop production. Yeah. So how do I make this stuff now? Like now the, that's when the curiosity kind of shifts um, to to this new style of music. I'm like, this is crazy. I don't know how people do this because I, I had a decent amount of production knowledge at this mm-hmm. point that I taught myself. Um, and when I went to college, I thought I was going to learn more, but they kind of just reiterated stuff I already knew. So I was just like, all right. And I'll I tell you what, I going going there, I did like, there was personal development, but then there was also like industry yeah, things that I yeah. learned. So th- it was good, but, but I didn't 
like I was just like I'm like okay I have my my foundation of what I learned and what I've taught myself I can try to put it into this so that's kind of how that that connection happened with the dance music stuff and I've kind of never well actually now the stuff that I'm making blends a lot of that together it's true there there is and and we're gonna put all the 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 handles and Spotify because I mean you go by Kirk Cozier you Mm -hmm. go by Vandal you've got like you're just creating content and kind of different little genres here and there and and, uh, you know, so as you start creating like EDM, like, is it, is it one of those things where like, as you start to kind of dive into that world and you start to dive into that music where it just kind of like lights something else in, yeah. on fire inside of you where you're like, not only do I love this, like it's actually like, it makes sense. Like as you start yeah. to produce that and create that. Like, I think one of the things was that was really big for me, um, was I felt like I actually fit in the community. How so? Well, with the hip hop community, community, I I was never, I was never hood enough for the hip hop community, you know, like and and I, and I didn't live that lifestyle, and I tried to in my teenage years, um, but I just I I, there was no connection mm. with my lifestyle and the way that, the lifestyle at least the way I perceived it back then, yeah. was, but when I came to uh, when I went to my first like festival and after that show. I realized like, man, I, I kind of fit with these people. Like yeah. they're a little weird like me, you know? <laughs> um, and it was just this incredible thing. Cause the festival that I went to was electric Daisy carnival. And it was, it was, it was huge. Like, I'm like all of this music, all of these people, it was huge. I was just yeah. blown away. I had never seen anything like that um, in hip hop. So I'm like, this is better <laughs> like yeah it just it just seems like it's the people are more open the people are kinder you know um i feel like i fit here uh so so writing the music too also it just was something that i just like got even more obsessed with yeah and i kind of just stopped listening to hip-hop and all that stuff like in that time just because like the sound design and and the songwriting and the one thing that was like really important in that too is the 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 connection that the music made to the person yeah. listening, uh, there was like, it, it it resonated with people in a different way, and that really resonated with me, yeah. uh, since the way I taught myself how to make stuff was just all feelings based and by ear. Yeah. So if you're able to capture this emotion, and other people are able to capture the emotion after you playing it, I was just like, this is what I want to do. This is more yeah, in you line. Could see, you could see it hit yeah. differently. You yeah. can see, and especially affect a crowd differently. I mean, right. there's, there's nothing quite like, you know, EDM music just like yeah. in a crowd. Talk about your writing process. Yeah. Like, obviously, you know, how you start writing, and, you know, now you're years down the track. And yeah. You're writing great music. And Thank you. Like, how has that evolved, like, from early stages to yeah. now? Or, or do you see, a, a, a like, a consistent trend in how you, you've written? You've just only gotten better at it you've elaborated on it yeah i mean it, it was really like um like writing writing music like if you're talking about lyrically i didn't start doing that until like two years ago really yeah um i i had never had the confidence in my own ability to write uh, or like the or the know-how how to get the idea out in mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. uh but the the songwriting from a musical perspective, uh, that was just something that I'm like, okay, like I definitely am getting better at this. I know how to structure songs now. 
um, and I know how to kind of get them put down. So now if we fast forward to now, the writing process is like just all of those things, all of that knowledge, yeah. but I strip it down. I write with a guitar and I just, Do you really? I just write with a guitar now. Yeah. And then you produce all back. And then I just produce everything around it. Most of the time, most of the time my electronic music is, has got a lot of real instruments in it. Um, which is actually kind of cool because it sets my stuff apart from True. everyone. Uh, when you, when you obviously writing lyrics, like, and, and maybe, maybe this is just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. You, you obviously with your, your new stuff. Yeah. Very, very much. You're not shying away from anything related oh, no. to your faith. Right. To your belief in Jesus. Do you think the lyrical content has kind of come from that because it helps you express more of that? Yeah. Or do you think it was just the natural progression of you as a writer and as a creator? Or both? I feel like early on I didn't have anything to say. Uh-huh. You know? Like, if I was going to say something, it was going to be very, like, fleeting, kind of like, you know, party music. That's just... <laughs> like, I just, like, I've always... Because I've always been kind of like the person that's in, in the fields, you know? Like, it was important to me. Like, for example, here's a story. Um, my cousin Jess, she's, she's uh, an incredible incredible piano player and incredible sitar player too really but she's classically trained and i say but because um she used to have a piano in the house at her parents house and i would go over and i would just sit there and play she's like how are you doing that you're not reading it how are you doing that i'm like i'm just feeling this this just feels right yeah um and i actually went to she had a really really great piano teacher she's good uh, so I don't want to like throw any salt or, or shade yeah, yeah. at her, but she's good. Uh, but when I sat down with her, like, I think we were playing like for Elise or something like that. And it was on the page and she's, she kept stopping me while I was playing. She's like, no embellishing play. What's play. What's written as it's written. And I'm just like, that's not how I roll, man. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta feel this. I gotta feel it. Yeah. So there's like, there's always that. So, um, so from what was the question again? It was like the like how you're the, like writing lyrics. Was that like yeah, a yeah. natural progression, or was that more because you know like you you're just had you had something to say? It it was a it was a combination of having something to say and then, um, and then wanting to wanting to do it and not and not have to just struggle with with saying it the right way, um, and saying it in a way because like. I'm only writing music from the perspective of a person that believes in Jesus and that is following Jesus mm. and the experience of being human mm. following God. Like yeah. that is the, that is the, um, that is what I'm writing. And I, I, there's one song that I wrote called pray. And this was kind of like, I think the catalyst to, to me just being like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, that song was a prayer. Like the whole song was yeah. a prayer, me and my guitar and singing the lyrics. Um, and I realized that that like that connected with me in such a deep way yeah. was therapeutic for me. Um, and then also the people that listened to it, they were like, wow, like that connected with them, too. So that goes back to that whole thing of like wanting to be able to connect with people. And that's why EDM was like so big. Yeah. So as you as you think about, you know, your your music is really starting to explode and starting to take off and it's getting you a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. It's getting you attention, and it's also getting Jesus a lot of attention. <laughs> yes, and people yeah. have mentioned that to you. Yeah. And what's been the response? Because probably most people that are familiar with the EDM world 
or familiar with dance music and, and that wouldn't necessarily correlate mm-hmm. Jesus and EDM. Right. Uh, what you, you know, you're, you're, I, I don't, I, I don't like saying this, but just maybe for, for just a, a thought, you know, you're trying to be light and darkness. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that that's that EDM is dark and, and all that stuff. Yeah, Everything yeah, yeah. is dark. It doesn't, yeah, right, it right. doesn't matter where you go. There's darkness yeah. everywhere. So I'm not trying to put any, you know, yeah. put shade on EDM, but like, what is, what's the response been? You know, funny enough, um, when I, when I share it with people that I know are not believers, um, they, the beautiful thing that, that I'm very, very intentional about is like, I want you to know, first of all, I got chops. Yeah. Like I'm not just a hack. And, and, and even people that are believers, I don't, I don't want them just to like it because it's talking about Jesus. Yeah. I want them to like it because it is an incredible song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, cause like a lot of the times I feel like people think like just because it's Christian, I got to support it because I'm a Christian. Yeah. No, if it's trash, I'm going to say it's trash. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't like, listen to it. If you don't like it, don't listen to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was, that's one thing too. Like, and that's a standard and conviction that I have for myself. Yeah. Um, but also when I share it with people that don't believe they're just, first of all, they're intrigued that it can be done in that way. Yeah. And that it's not like, con- it's not like confrontational or um, not, cheesy well, and, and to from an outsider's perspective who listens to it the nice thing is you're not preaching in it right you're actually like you said i'm i'm talking about what i'm going through <laughs> yeah as a follower of jesus yeah who's human who's trying to figure this out and yeah. i think that that's the beauty of it you're yeah. actually writing because you you have something to say and it's right. not to tell somebody else what's right it's to just express what you're going through yeah and i think that's a beautiful thing as an artist is and probably something for a lot of christian artists out there like just talk about your experience of following Jesus. Yeah. Don't preach about your experience yeah, about following yeah. Jesus. It's I mean, and there's a time and place for for those kind of songs, you know. But I, I realized very quickly that maybe my function is not in that space, and that's okay. Yeah. Like that's totally okay. It's not any less anointed that I'm an EDM artist. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's a special. I, I really believe this too that that everyone has a voice that God gave them for specific people that they need to reach. So if you, if you don't use that voice or if you try to sound like somebody else, you're not going to reach those people. Like yeah. there's people on the other side of that. So when I'm writing, when I'm writing this stuff, I'm like, yo, there's got, there's 8 billion people in the world. There's <laughs> gotta be a few people that get what I'm talking about. You Just know? a couple. One yeah, or two. Like, ah, maybe more. I'm like, there's the odds are forever in my favor for that. Well, I mean, you got at least three hundred family members that <laughs> yeah, are exactly. probably gonna love exactly. That will come what out to the concert if we Yeah, put... we'll get the Royal <laughs> Indie Club back. We'll just <laughs> yeah. have you DJ you know, get, yeah. can have a guest spot there for, Exactly. Just know. open open as a DJ or something. What uh, so what advice would you give to um, somebody who's getting started in creating music? Like looking yeah. back on your journey so far. Yeah. Like what, what advice would you give to somebody? I would say uh, the number one thing is realize that um, you're not going to be good when you start. You couldn't, you couldn't run when you first learned how to walk. You couldn't walk when you first learned how to crawl. Yeah. So you're just not going to be good, and that's okay. And then the second thing is um, be curious. Always feed the curiosity. Yeah, that's good feed the curiosity because that's gonna that's gonna kind of bypass like oh man i know this sucks nobody's gonna like it <laughs> you know like, like that's gonna bypass that if you're just oh, curious yeah, it's just that's the worst thing yeah. as an artist that as a creator yeah. it's just like this really this is terrible 
Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah. But then there's that there also there's also that like get the reps in. Yeah. Get the reps in. You'll get good. The only only now I actually can can think about the songs I write and I'm like like this is like I know it's good for me. Yeah. And it's also good for other people too. Like people other people think it's good. Um and it, that's just like something like as you keep doing it and you stay consistent and do it and you stay curious, you're going to get good at it. Like I wasn't born a person that had perfect pitch or really much of a musical family or could sing or was musically inclined. I was actually not even musically inclined. We had no instruments in the house until I got that bass guitar. Really? That's 12 years old. So 12 years, I had yeah, no... Yeah, so you weren't sitting in front of a piano no. at, at six years old, like in your parents being like, no. Kirk, get back in there. Exactly. No, I didn't have that. I learned all this stuff. So, so, and that's a great question. Are you pretty much self-taught? Like, I mean, obviously you, 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 you know, think, think, thank the Lord for YouTube and all of that yeah. stuff. But I mean, that's self-taught. That's yeah. so like when you're, when you're trying to figure out sounds, when you're trying to explore, op- are you just going, you know what? I'm just going to call everybody I know that can help. I'm going to go on YouTube. I'm just going to figure this out. Yeah. That curiosity thing is something I practice still yeah. today. So, so yeah, like yeah, I am self-taught. Um, and that whole, that whole story about like trying to get classically trained by someone else. Like, I think that, I'm going to want to go back to doing yeah. that at some point um, if it's necessary, but if it's not necessary, but, um, but yeah, most of the stuff that I learned was stuff that I just like was curious about. And I just learned myself. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I think is um, kind of a practical, if you're trying to learn how to write or do music, learn, learn your favorite song on whatever instrument I learned. I learned Alicia Keys, um, it was an Alicia Keys song. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I learned the song on piano. And then I was just like, I played this game called the what if game. Well, what if I just played this note different or the bass line different or just good. moved around um, the curiosity thing. So you basically just learn something uh, and then and then just embellish and or add your own mm-hmm. flavor to it. And I think that gives you that ends up developing this like voice and this ear to what you think sounds good. And um, what sounds good, and then what you kind of think sounds good. Yeah, too. I, used, I used to take uh, songs and rewrite the lyrics. Yeah, there keep you the go. melody, keep there the melody, go. but yeah. like work on writing yeah. my own lyrics to a Bruce Springsteen there song or a country, you know, whatever it was, just as like a way to just practice writing lyrics. I think there's there's so many ways. Now, I used to for the longest time, I used to just like try and like hack people's songs and just be like, <laughs> I'm gonna write a song exactly like this. Yeah, and the funny part is. It really wouldn't end up being exactly like that, right? It would because it would end up having my own spin on mm-hmm. it, my own feel to it, you know, my own groove to it, and I wouldn't play those songs out, but they were just learning process, right? You know, to just to do that, I think it's a brilliant thing. Yeah. Um, anybody who's getting into producing, what do they? What what three pieces of equipment would you recommend, or, or a few pieces of equipment? If somebody's like, hey, I'm listening to this and be like, I love EDM music, I, man, I gotta. What would you say? Okay, this is what I would say. It's not a piece of an equipment. It's software. Um, well, actually, it, you, obviously, you need a laptop. Am I yeah, assuming yeah. that they have a yeah, laptop? Yeah, let's, let's okay. go. They, they got a laptop, okay. you know, probably not GarageBand. Okay, okay. Should we say that? Not GarageBand? Or could you do it on GarageBand? You could do it on GarageBand. People okay, do it on their phones on, these days. So, um, like, people have Drake, like, songs that are produced on a phone. That's so, wild, it's crazy. But I would say this. If you have a computer... And you already got whatever software you're using, Ableton, Logic, whatever, GarageBand. Uh, get a Splice membership. <laughs> I'd say that. There you go. Got you got to because like, the, 
a big part of uh, creating good music is having good sources, good mm. sound sources to pick from. Um, and Splice is just really good. And I'm not just saying that because I work there, but it, it's really good. Uh, the, the sound choice that you have, you're picking good sounds. You're not, it's like half the battle. Yeah. Like your mixing yeah. is yeah. going to be a lot easier. Um, then I would say get, get a good set of headphones. Because if you're not going to be able to build a full studio out, you need a decent set of headphones. Um, And if you're going to write, figure out, like, get a get a guitar like or something or an instrument, one instrument that you can like just play on. Uh, And then then you'll be able to be a really good. Was that three things? That was three three things. things. You did it. You did it. So well, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm just super, super excited for you. Thank I'm excited you. to have this conversation with you. Like, I mean, your music, Thank like you. I said, you guys got to check it out. If you, In the description of this podcast, you'll see uh, all of his handles, the Spotify, Instagram. Also, if you're out there and you need help, you know, one of the things that I love about Kirk is that he has he has a, a, a program where it's like mm-hmm. you can uh, you can hire his services. He's also a producer. He's incredible yep. at that. And he'll sit down and work with you as a producer to a producer. So if you're young in the game and you're like, hey, I want to learn, I want to, I want some tips and tricks, hit him up. Yeah. And you can sit down with him and he'll walk you through the stuff that he's learned. And that's that stuff is is I love priceless because it's like yeah. you could take two or three years of information that he had to sweat out. And do it in like an hour. <laughs> and literally do it in an hour yeah. and get all of that information and and, and write and produce and, yeah. and all of that. But Kirk, I love you. Thank you. So excited love for you. Too. Make sure you get all that, that information to everybody's listening to go and listen to his music. Thank it you. is phenomenal. And it's and it's it's epic. So it's going to be an incredible 2023 for you. I guess it is. It's only the start. Man. It's just the start and to hear all <laughs> the things that we were talking about prior to this. Yeah, it's just really cool. But I love you. You're a friend. You're uh, you're just an inspiration. And, and, you know, I just love hanging out with you. I love you, too, man. Hey, man. It's been good. Guys, thanks for listening to Wonder Lab podcast. We will be back. We're going to have another episode in March. And uh, but thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. We're on Spotify and Anchor. I don't know where you're listening to this on, but make sure you subscribe. Follow us. Uh, we're on Instagram, Wonderlab underscore. But uh, we're super pumped. Thanks for spending the time with us. Love y'all. Peace. <laughs>